Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming back to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. I have with me today Wiley Messer. He is a welding educator from Kentucky. He is also known as that bearded welding teacher. Hi, Wiley. Hi, Jessica. How are you today? Good. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're really excited to announce that Wiley has come on board as an advisor and host on Weld.com. So you guys will be seeing some videos um, featuring him coming up soon. So he's going to give a brief background about how he got into the welding industry. Yeah, so um, I started um, way back in, I don't know, 2000. 2007 or so, uh, I started at the, the high school level, um, took, started taking the welding classes kind of to get out of some of the core classes at, at that time. If we took, uh, uh, what was it? If we took two years of welding, we got out of geometry. So, um, not oh, nice. I wish I could have done that. <laughs> yeah. That was not my big, uh, starting point. And it was like, okay, cool. I'm going to take welding to get out of you know, the math, I think we did three years, we got out of chemistry too. So that was cool. Um, <clears throat> Cause it, it all ties in so much. We do so much of so much geometry and chemistry and other maths um, and sciences. So it just made sense for the school to count those towards the credit hours, I guess. But once I got started, it was like, man, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. Um, and I had no real idea of what I was going to do um, after high school. I, I thought about being uh an English teacher or um, something like that when I, or not English, but uh history um, and all that stuff after I got out of school. But then, you know, I started in the welding class there with uh, my, my high school welding teacher was uh, Tim Penson and he kind of took me under his wing and I realized I was really good at it. And it kind of just went from there. Um, but my, uh, my first job was for uh, a company in, Garrett County, Kentucky was like a, a mine shield type place. Um, we made odds and ends stuff for like coal mining uh, equipment and repair. But I was only there for a little while in high school. Um, and I think I only did a, a month or two in the summer um, <clears throat> between my junior and senior year. Um, so that was like the first gig I had um, that, that actually paid. But after that, um, I, you know, I got out of high school and um, I still wasn't quite sure where exactly I was going to go whether it was welding industry or, or anywhere else. So I started hopping around to doing some odds and ends and uh, I ended up working for um, an excavation company, um, doing some hard facing and stuff like that on, on their, their buckets and, um, and their excavator equipment. Cause it, I guess it wears down quick and they, they had me out there just hard facing for, days um it was oh yeah that'll keep you busy that's like a that you can get a full-time job somewhere doing that yeah yeah so like anytime that something broke i i was i was the one that they they had to go over there to slap on some extra metal and, and hard face it till um so they, they were trying to save money by hiring some kid to do it and it worked well for them mm-hmm. um, I, I, well, i'm sure <laughs> so so after i i got i got um an offer to uh, build uh, horse trailers at uh, Sally Horse Fans out of Lexington. Um, that was my my first like real fabrication job, other than you know odds and ends stuff. And uh, some of the older guys there took me under their wing and uh, really showed me the ropes on you know fabrication stuff because that's more 
there's more fabrication and, and measuring and cutting and all that stuff than, than actually welding. It was like 10% of my whole job was actually sitting there and welding. The rest of it was the pre pre-work cutting and getting all that stuff done. So I learned a lot there. Um, and then I got the opportunity to work for another company, um, Bluegrass Tool and Industrial. Um, they're out of Lexington too. Um, they're more or less uh, like a millwright type company. Their their main thing was mm-hmm. like overhead cranes. Um, and with them, I, I started to to get into more of the millwright stuff, some uh, real precision things. Uh, and I ended up traveling uh, all over the country with them, doing um, different things. We we mostly built overhead crane systems, so that was a big part of it. And then we got in some machinery moving and some, uh, precision, uh, precision welding when we were hooking up, um, a lot of the, the robotic welders and stuff for different, different places across the country. But, um, it was the, the coolest thing I got to do was we, uh, we went to Mexico for about a month and we took down an entire factory and then brought it back to Lexington, uh, Kentucky and, and put it all back up. And it took us like four months to put it back. It's a lot easier taking things apart, but, um, <clears throat> that was a cool deal. Um, and then after that, um, uh, while I was working there, I, uh, I kind of, I was there for a couple of years and then decided, you know, I, I really, um, want to like pursue being a, a teacher again. Cause I, you know, in high school, I thought about being a history teacher mm-hmm. and then I was like, I'm really good at welding. So I started looking into being a welding educator. Uh, I called my old high school uh, teacher, Tim, and asked him like his thoughts on how to get in. um, What's the best thing to do? He was like, uh, you know, you already have the welding skills, but Mm -hmm. you're going to have to have a degree to go along with that. So I got with uh, uh, Sean Gannon at uh, Bluegrass Community Technical College out of out of Lexington um, on their their campus and uh, was like, look. I want to be a welding teacher. What do I got to do? He's, he walked me through. It's a, it was a two year program to get an associate's degree in, in welding. And then, you know, with the state of Kentucky, their rules, like you don't have to have a, a degree, but it makes it a lot easier to get in as a teacher. Right. So I went through that program and was still working. Um, it was, a, it was a pretty cool deal. I ended up, uh, you know, making a deal with him, with uh, professor Gannon that uh, I would go, um, to, to Auden and do all my, my regular work and uh, just send him pictures of my work and things like that. And he was like, you already know what you're doing on the welding side. So um, he kind of worked with me on that, which was a cool deal. And I was still able to work a full-time, um, full-time job with um, the millwright stuff. And I, I mean, you know, everything uh, about the welding industry, a full-time jobs, like, you know, 70, 80 hours a week. And then I was going to Yeah, for so, sure. So did you have to go, did you have to also get like an education degree separately? Like, did you have to get like a bachelor's or anything like that to be like a teacher or were you able, what all did you have to have to become an educator? So in Kentucky, um, it's a, they, they made it easier a few years ago because they were having a hard time getting career trades teachers in. Cause you know, we go, we don't necessarily go to college to, to for degrees for our, our field. So. Right. Like the four year ones. Yeah. Yeah. So they opened it up so that, um, you can get in as a teacher as long as you have like seven years of experience um, in the trade. And then you, they give you time to work towards uh, a degree that way hmm. while you're, while you're teaching though, you'll, you'll go to school to be a teacher. So um, 
but more the more um, education you have, the more you get paid. Um, and teacher pay is already low, so I was like, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and get get the at least to get the associate's degree and come in as uh, what they what we call a rank two teacher, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of a higher pay scale. <clears throat> so got the the associates, um, and then I was still working um, for Bluegrass Tool and. Uh, and then I saw the uh, an opening for a welding educator at um, Louisville Day Treatment High School. It was kind of a like an alternative school with the Department of Juvenile Justice and uh, Jefferson County Public Schools. So it was a really cool deal. Um, I got to go in and work with uh, students that you know they were there um, by court order, but they still wanted to learn a trade. And and if I mean you know everything. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a really good trade to get into if you, you know, want to get um, get out in the field and make a decent living without having to, you know, go to the school outside of there and worry about, you know, your background and things like that. So it really helped those kids um, <clears throat> look forward to their future. So that that was really awesome. Um, great place for me to get started. Um, <clears throat> but then, you know, I was there for a little while and uh, I got the opportunity um well, I was actually, I was called by the principal at my, my current high school. She would heard through the grapevine through, you know, uh, Chris King and uh, Randy Shoemaker from uh, Franklin County High School, the welding program there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess uh, they had told her that I was, I was the person that she needed and uh, they were building a brand new high school. So I got called and uh, she was like, will you come in and do an interview? Um, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um and, it, and, you know, it's it's a lot closer uh, to my house than the other school I was at. So I was like, you know, it kind of makes sense to make that transition um, to uh, to the regular high school. So I went in and uh, met with my my principal, uh, Joy Lesby. She's she was awesome. Um, and during the interview, she she more or less said, you know, this we want you to do this and that. And um, without actually saying I was hired, uh, she took me over to the high school that was still under construction um, and showed me the you know, the shop that we'd be working in, it was a, a gravel floor basically at that time. And, uh, <clears throat> uh, we really went into, you know, what we needed to do to make it a, you know, a, a state of the art, uh, welding lab. So I, I was, you know, rambling off the top of my head, what all we needed and everything else. And I gave a, you know, pl- preliminary budget, like what it's going to cost and what we need. And, um, she really hit the ground running and and just made it happen. So before I was actually hired, I worked for them uh, for like two or three months getting the the school um, built because it was it was still gravel uh, when I got there. And then you know four years later, um, here we are, and um, we've we've gone through. Um, and that school is a uh, it's Great Crossing High School in Georgetown, Kentucky. Um, we're mm-hmm. uh, there's two high schools there, um, and we're we're the, the newest one and uh, it's, it's going really well. I mean, with education, the last couple of years, um, you know, with, with COVID and everything, it's been really difficult um, to be a teacher and to be a, a career trades teacher with having to teach online and, you know, being in and out of school so much. It's, it's been really problematic. Um, yeah, for sure. But, because think about how many kids go into skilled trades because they're better at being hands-on learners. And then they're like, covid kids is what they're calling them they like literally had to go through covid and literally didn't have that option yeah it was it it was so difficult for a lot of my kids and you know i was eventually able to 
you know, bring in small groups at a time to, to work in the shop. But, but even with that, it was only like two or three hours a week. And mm-hmm. um, that's it was not just, a lot. Yeah. No. And, 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 you know, the, the mental health aspect for, for those kids and even myself during that time, it was really hard, uh, really hard on everybody. And, you know, we're, we're still working our way through it and getting better. I mean, this past week or last, I guess, since like Christmas, we've been in and out of school because either, you know, we, we haven't had enough uh, substitute teachers to cover teachers that are out sick or, you know, weather and things like that. So we're these past couple of weeks, we've been kind of on that same, <clears throat> same path. And, uh, and, you know, kind of, kind of go to realize that we definitely need to be in school um, more um, than, yeah. than what we have been. And as far as like mental health stuff, like having that routine and, you know, going in and, and doing what we're supposed to do is definitely a big help. But yeah, no, I mean, my kids, they, uh, they learn really well with the hands-on stuff. So being online and, and just going through the technical stuff, um, was, was really hard. Um, and luckily we have, you know, a ton of resources out in the, in the, in the world and on the internet, um, like, you know, well.com, like we used so many of your guys' videos to, uh, you know, help, uh, tie it together right that's what, yeah. that's what you need like you're gonna have them read something and then they have to watch it somehow to put it together and make it make sense yeah exactly like like without seeing what you know what what process we're doing like we're, we're learning stick welding we i mean without knowing um what an electrode is without like seeing someone use one and explaining it yeah. and uh, the differences like it makes a it's a huge difference between you know just you know reading and lecturing um, online versus seeing it and, and even putting your hands on it makes it much better. But, you know, having those resources made a, a huge difference. Um, I would say my kids are, are far more, uh, savvy on the technical side now because of all that time rather than, well, you, know, you too, right. You had to learn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it really threw me through the ringer. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was, think everyone I, feels that way. Pretty sure that every teacher has the kinks figured out again. So if it ever happens again, and they snap a finger and say you're online. They're like, all right, I got you this time. Oh yeah. Like, like, I don't know. I guess it was week before last. They, uh, they told us, you know, we're, we're going to prepare for, you know, to be out for a little while. Cause the state gave us some, some uh, additional uh, days for, for being out of school, but we have, you know, we still have to do remote learning. And I was like, it's no big deal. Um, I've already got six months worth of lessons. Ready. Right. So, yeah. um, kind of, kind of bring it on. So having all that, you know, technical, um, curriculum at my fingertips with, you know, weld.com and, um, the other sources, like, uh, we've been using, uh, Miller open book, which is really awesome. It's a, nice. kind of a free resource for high school teachers. And, uh, it lays everything else not really nicely. Um, and it's like, I've got a lot of uh, kids with that are in like the special education realm that, uh, you know, they have a hard time reading and doing that stuff on their own. So having a resource that like reads it to them and, and uh, the weld.com videos, like explaining it to them um, <clears throat> rather than just sitting there reading all day made, makes a world of difference for those kids. Yeah. Have you used resources like Kahoot? Oh, Kahoot's awesome. Um, yeah. Kids have a lot of fun with that. I mean, there's a there's a bunch of pre-made quizzes and stuff like that and trivia stuff on there. Yeah. One guy, Chris Ewing, who is also an advisor to us, he's made a lot of them. And the one that one of the 
uh, cahoots that he made has like thousands of uses. Like somebody, there must have been other teachers who have found it. I recently shared it in our newsletter. If you want to take a look, he's made some really good ones too. He used the AWS Sense program to build some of his cahoots. Yeah. Do you use that too? Um, I don't use uh, AWS Senses. There's a, a fee tied to it, and I just I was like, I already have all the curriculum, so I may as well yeah. go that route. But yeah, I have I have used his Kahoot. Um, oh, nice. Maybe a couple of them, um, and they're they're really fun. I mean, it's it, the the questions that are asked are go super in depth, and then you know it already has the answers there for you too. So, I mean, just being able to have that in front of the kids and just you know spending a few minutes to explain the answer. It's a lot of fun. And then they get competitive with it. So yeah, um, <clears throat> we really like that stuff. Um, it makes a, a big difference. So what are some tips that you give to like a student who might be coming into your classroom and they might be like having a hard time, like stick welding, like what are, cause I know that that's something that you really like. You like stick welding. So I know that's probably one of your favorite things to teach, right? Oh yeah, like like uh, like stick shield metal arc welding. Like that's that's my preferred uh, process. I I mm-hmm. use it anytime I can. Yeah, um, and that's what I, I start. I start all my kids on on shield and metal. Um, <clears throat> one, I think it's probably I think it's the hardest process to perfect. Yeah. So like I start them on the hardest thing, and then you know they they um, by the time they they get through the uh, shield and metal they they can, they can run through gas metal and TIG pretty, pretty easily. Cause you know, they've built up some of the, the base knowledge there, but um, the, the, I guess the, you know, the first lesson I really go into is, is about being comfortable. Um, Cause when you're, I mean, you're in the booth, I mean, it's, it's hot, it's loud. Um, you've got so much gear on, you got your helmet, your glasses, heavy, heavy jacket, heavy gloves. Um, a lot of these kids have never had, had to wear like work boots or anything. So there's clonking around these big, big steel toe boots because they haven't figured out what sizes to get and stuff like that. So like the first lesson we really go into after, you know, after we get through the safety stuff um, is really about uh, finding, finding a way to be comfortable. I mean, anytime you're welding, I mean, you're going to be in, in weird positions laying on the floor stuck between pipes or um, and a whole heap of different positions you might be in. But like the one rule um, I have for them is that you, you can't weld, you can't lay a, a good weld without being comfortable. Uh, so yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, whether you're hanging upside down or, or whatever, find a way to be comfortable. Um, and I explained to him, like, you're a welder. So if you need a place to, to rest your arm or uh, prop something up, you know, grab some scrap metal, grab some chunks and uh, weld it up onto your table or whatever, just to, you know, to get a resting point. <clears throat> so that's that's probably the, the first thing I really get go into is um, just to, to be comfortable. Um, there's no way to to do a a quality job without that. So what do you think is like, other than that, once they're settled and like, once you have them really like running rods, what are like some of the main things that you see them doing wrong or like things that it takes them like a while to get down? Oh, um, it would be, you know, uh, so just getting, getting started, I guess, um, like learning to strike an arc is probably, the hardest um, thing for kids to learn. Um, well, anybody, uh, not just kids, but mm-hmm. for anyone to learn, because uh, you got to get used to like the the striking motion and how mm-hmm. long to, to let your rod dwell before you can start moving. And 
And a lot of times, uh, like the first week, we go through probably 100 pounds of rods. In the first week of class, just because uh, they're sticking their rods and they're they're trying to get them broken off. And when they do, they bust the flux off and things like that. So it, that's probably the hardest thing. But but once uh, you know you explain it to them, like you bring it off the edge of the plate and slowly drag it up. As soon as you see the little spark, you know, raise it up, you know, an eighth of an inch and let the the arc. Um, stabilize so that's that's their first you know the hardest thing for them to get and and, uh once we get through that um it's really the the hardest thing that we're working on right now we've we've gotten through uh hard facing we build up um like an inch inch and a half uh hard face pad we start out with a quarter inch plate and build it up to an inch and a half with um, 70 18 60 tens but once they get through that we go into you know we run through the t-joints and everybody um, seems to, you know, they, they pick up, uh, T joints and, and they run, uh, two and three F's. Um, and we get into four F's a little bit, but they run through those. Like it's like, it's not a problem. Once they get that pad built up, they've really gotten art control and everything down. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we, we've moved on to, you know, uh, V grooves. So, so like right now they're working on one G, um, open roots on a three eighths plate with, uh, you know, they're running their roots with a, a 60-10, and that's, that's been a real, real difficult time um, <clears throat> for a lot of kids because they, um, you know, we, we go through the whole process. I, I do the demo, um, and, you know, I do, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like a I do, uh, we do, you do kind of like that's yeah. the, the process we go through. And then uh, um, so once we get into the, they get into their booths, I go booth to booth and, you know, kind of hand over hand um, help them run that route and the hardest thing for them to to realize is you know they're not like if you you have your right speed and everything you're not going to push the rod through through the plate yeah um and getting them to understand like the the mentality is like the weld inside the groove is not what we're concerned about we're really worried about you know that uh reinforcement on the back and getting everything uh cohesive between those two plates but that's a process and and the more they do the more you run I mean, the better you get, it's all about practice. Um, even if you've been doing it for 30 years, if you don't practice uh, a position or a process, it's kind of, you kind of lose some of the little finesse things that uh, make it successful. Hi everyone. If you go to store.linkinelectric.com, you can use our promo codes weld.com 10, which is 10% off of equipment and weld.com 20, which is 20% off gear and accessories. These are valid through the end of the year. And weld.com is spelled out W-E-L-D-D-O-T-C-O-M. And then you just put 10 or 20 afterwards. And there's a section on their online store site where you can go to new products and promotions. And right now they actually have the Aspect 230 DC welder, on sale for $3,721.54. So go save an extra 10%. So after they do all the stick welding, do they kind of like, do you have people that come in and they like want to learn how to TIG weld or are they like disappointed? They have to wait till the end to get to the TIG welding portion? Yeah, they they get uh, a little disappointed with that. Yeah. Um, but what I try to do is I, I, I run my, my class kind of on a, a competency-based uh, learning um, structure. So the, the faster that they master a process, I move them on. Um, so, oh, okay. That's nice. 
so I've got uh, first year students that are, you know, their first years is supposed to be all stick welding, but you know, they, they master through all the processes and then, you know, I'll run individual demos and help them move along, along quicker. Um, so long as, you know, they, they're hitting their mastery points and I'll, I'll just move them forward. So I've got some students, you know, they're, they're in the, the stick class, but they're, you know, they've moved on and they're, they've mastered the, the positions in MIG and, and I've got some that are, uh, they're working their way on, on TIG right now. They're just kind of getting started with that. But, um, I does explain it. Like some students will, you know, there's a, a big difference between, uh, natural talent and, uh, working hard towards it. So some students, you know, they just pick it up like it's as easy as breathing. Yeah. And then some students really have really struggle. So, um, <clears throat> the ones that pick it up, I keep them, you know, progressing forward. Cause it, you know, if you kind of, you know, if you're really good at something and you just keep practicing the same thing over and over, it kind of gets redundant and boring. Yeah. And boring. And then you're going to kind of like lose their interest a little bit and they'll end up like probably goofing off or something. <laughs> exactly. Um, and um, I'm sure you've heard before, like high school kids in a welding shop to, and with uh, free time on their hands. Uh, yeah. It's probably goes. not a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Idle hands and all it's uh, it yeah. gets kind of crazy, but yeah, they'll be like doing that. Like, uh, TikTok, there's like a viral TikTok whenever like you heat up like a piece of metal and when it starts like glowing like really red, you hit it with a sledgehammer and it like shatters everywhere. There's sparks everywhere. I'm sure you oh, have yeah. a lot of that going on. Oh yeah. They they uh they they showed me that video. Uh, I guess it was probably last year sometime that yeah. I explained to them, you know, that's that's a real practice that people use. It's called hot tacking in uh, yeah. like the sheet metal world. And you know, I explained them like, yeah, let's let's do it a couple times and you know out of doing a safe way. Cause that can, it can be pretty, yeah, pretty dangerous, but, um, you know, and we do stuff like that, you know, have, have fun with it. And, uh, you know, if they see the viral stuff going on, we, we usually take a day and, and go into that and I try to explain it. Nice. That's, that's really good that you do that. I think, cause you have to like stay connected to them, right? You don't want to be like a teacher who's like not with like what's, trending or like you know what everybody's talking about because that's what's going to keep them interested and that's what is maybe going to interest new students to come into the trade it's I think it's so silly sometimes like what people see that makes them think like I want to be a welder and I always like to hear like you know when you're growing up did you think you were going to be a welder probably not but like something like just like made you think like hey like that's what I want to do Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. It's like, you know, not getting complacent and um, really, you know, as myself, I have to like strive to keep up with the times, I guess. And uh, you know, they were my, my high school kids, you know, they were the reason I, I downloaded TikTok, and then, you know, I see all the viral trends from that. And I, you know, I try to keep up with everything um, and stay relevant, I guess. Um, yeah. And not just, you know, an old boring teacher. Well, yeah, you can't be old and boring. Come on, Wiley. No, no, there's no no reason to that. Yeah, that's funny. Whenever you said about the, whenever you first start stick welding and like you get the rod stuck, I did that so bad. Whenever I, whenever the first time I ever welded, they had me go into the shop and they're teaching me all these different processes. When that rod got stuck to the plate, I thought I was being electrocuted. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had students that said, oh, I got shocked. <laughs> Um, there's no, yeah, I felt it. I felt the electric coming through it and I was like, Nope, that's not for me. What's the next one? Yep. 
we do mig welding i'm like that's that's good it's a little too fast let me see what else we have yeah and i i do like mig welding but i think i like tig welding probably the most oh yeah i mean if, if i had to choose like that's the only thing i got to run i would i would sit there and do tig welding all day it's it's just clean and um everything always just looks so good yeah and you can right. see what you're doing so good too you can see yeah. it very clear oh yeah and uh you know it's 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 fun but you know I find I get so much humor. I get I'm, I guess I'm. It's kind of probably mean, but I get such a kick out of watching the kids get so so aggravated with uh, when they stick their rods. It's the funniest thing, you know, for somebody that's been doing it forever. Um, seeing that, and then you know, remember back to when I was in high school doing the same thing. But I walk past the booths and they'll get a rod stuck, and they're they're just ripping it back and forth, and then all their parts fall apart. And it's it's just. I find it extremely humorous and uh, I probably shouldn't, but it, it just makes the day a little bit fun. Yeah. It's like a gingerbread house, right? Yeah. If you, if you move anything, it's going to break all apart. Oh yeah. Yeah. House of cards and it all just falls down. <laughs> That's funny. Well, we're really excited to have you. I know that we talked and we already have some exciting video ideas for you coming up. So everybody will be able to look for those do you want to share with everybody where they can find you? You're on, yeah, you definitely have Instagram. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I've got Instagram. Um, I, my, my, uh, thing on there is, uh, that bearded welding teacher. Um, and I've got a, a TikTok too, but there's really nothing fun on there. It's just me racing my go-karts. Um, what's my handle on there? It's, uh, it's that bearded welding teacher. That bearded welding teach, um, is my, your TikTok. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we have our, you know, we're at, we have our uh, GCHS welding um, on TikTok. That's where my high school kids post all their stuff. Um, I have a, a student that runs that account. So it's, they post all the, the fun stuff and, you know, odds and ends. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can find me on there. And then uh, I'm super excited to get started on making videos. I've, I've made a few trying to get more comfortable. Um, I know it's a, it's a kind of a craft to be a YouTuber now. So I'm, yeah. I'm trying to learn all the tricks. We'll get you there. I'm excited to see the videos and I know everybody will um, get something out of watching them. So that's the most important thing. Yeah. Well, thanks for, for bringing me on. I'm, I'm super excited. All right, guys, until next week, we will talk to you guys then. Thanks. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 